Hello and welcome to Expert Excerpts, a backstage pass to research in education. I'm your host, Dulmini Watugale. Welcome to the very first episode of Expert Excerpts. And as promised, we're going to talk about feedback in higher education. Joining me today is Dr. Cheryl Jeffs. She is an educational development consultant and a faculty member at the Taylor Institute for Teaching and Learning at the University of Calgary. I came to know Cheryl late last year when I was a postdoc at the University of Calgary, and she has ever since been an amazing positive influence in my life. Hi, Cheryl. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me. Fun fact about me, I am a collector of words. So when I invited Cheryl, I asked her to bring a word for my collection. I would like to start this word cloud with gobbledygook. It's a word I learned from Dr. Green's paper I referenced in my podcast Prelude. Apparently, it means jargon, something we are trying to avoid in this podcast. So, Cheryl, do you have a fun word for me today? Yes, I do. And and thanks for asking because uh, I like collecting words as well. And I'm so pleased you mentioned Dr. Green. He is one of my favorite scholars in academic development. So the word I have picked is staycation. It's been around for a while, but I think it is absolutely uh, right on word for as we're living in the pandemic. So we're taking our vacations by staying in place or staying at home. And that's exactly what I'm doing right now. And I'm having a great staycation. So thanks for asking. I didn't know that. Thank you for teaching me that word. Now you know. (laughs) All right. So today's interview is formed around a publication you co-authored titled Feedback for Teaching Development moving from a fixed to growth mindset, which, by the way, is an open access publication, and I will link it in the podcast description. First of all, could you please briefly tell us what got you interested in researching formative feedback for teaching development and why this is a critical skill to have? I first began looking at formative feedback for teaching development um, as a relatively new educational developer at the University of Calgary. And I realized there were uh, there was a gap in resources, information, and literature on formative feedback for teaching development. What I was finding was most of the literature was focused on feedback for student learning which, of course, is absolutely essential. But I felt there, there needed to be more about formative feedback for teaching development. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I excerpt from your paper, it appears that the ideal way to embrace feedback is through the development and understanding of the aims, purposes, and processes of feedback as well as skills in giving and receiving feedback. 
This multifaceted competency is defined as feedback literacy. So embracing feedback through the development and understanding of aims, purposes and processes of feedback. Can you elaborate on these terms, aims, purposes and processes of feedback? Absolutely. I like to start with a working definition for formative feedback, and that helps uh, provide some context and center the focus of the topic. So the work I'm using, uh, some of the words are from Brookfield, uh, Smith, and Weimer, and these are will all be documented uh, in our references list at the end of this podcast as well. So uh, the working definition I use is formative feedback is an intentional, voluntary, developmental strategy for instructors to initiate and receive feedback from various sources about their teaching. The goal is to better understanding and improving student learning. So if we look at that definition, The aims of formative feedback for teaching development are to provide real-time feedback for teaching to enhance and understand student learning. This is essential for anyone teaching, whether you're in a face-to-face environment or uh, online, remote, uh, blended. We need to get feedback about our teaching. And during the course, this is formative, This not after, which is considered summative feedback. The purposes of providing formative feedback is so teachers can adapt or revise their course materials or teaching activities. So by asking students during the course, the instructor has a chance to readjust, revise, and find out exactly what their students are understanding and what else they need to know and what else the the teacher could do for their students. The processes of formative feedback for teaching development are, they can be quite simple, they can be spontaneous, Uh, there are multiple sources of feedback. We commonly think of students as the main source of feedback. We can also invite our colleagues to give us feedback, not just in a Uh, classroom setting, but we can ask them to review some of our materials or activities. That would be feedback as well. Self-reflection is a process often not thought of as an actual form of feedback, but if we weren't self-reflective, we wouldn't be asking or seeking feedback. It's a key component in formative feedback. The other component is scholarship, another area we often don't think about as feedback. But if we are interested or concerned or curious about something going on in the classroom, there will be something in the literature published about your concern or issue. So it is a great way for you if you have a question about what's going on in your classroom, another source to get feedback about what might be happening. So that is what I consider the aims, purposes, and processes of formative feedback for teaching development. 
Thank you for that explanation. And I appreciate that you brought to our attention self-reflection as a form of feedback. Usually when I hear the word feedback, what pops in my mind are comments that we receive from others. Yes. The second half of this excerpt draws attention to the development and understanding of the skills in giving and receiving feedback as a part of feedback literacy. What are these skills? Okay. Um, I'm, I'm be pleased to share some of the skills about giving and receiving feedback. And when we talk about feedback literacy, the the main scholars in this area are Carlos and Boyd. The interesting thing about their work is they do focus on student assessment and student feedback. What I have done is taken their work and broadened it to teaching uh, development uh, by receiving and giving feedback. So by the, by that process, the intent of feedback literacy is that everyone in the institution, whether you're in a university, college, polytechnic, wherever you might be in higher education, that students, staff, faculty, administrators, professors, everyone is feedback literate. So that means people know how to give and receive feedback in, a, in an effective and thoughtful way. So by giving feedback, the simplest thing is to be prepared. And I do believe timing is everything. So if you're giving feedback to your instructor or to your students, you want to make sure people are in a good space to receive feedback. You don't necessarily want to do it publicly unless it is a situation where that is appropriate. That's why we often have the anonymous uh, type of feedback. And the format can be written, it can be verbal, it can be informal or formal, but the main intent is that it is formative. So it is for someone's development. There's really only two reasons for feedback, and that is to enhance or develop, or if someone is on the right track, doing the right thing, just to acknowledge that that is where, where they are at that moment. So keep on doing what you're doing. It's the right way to go. So, so that is uh, giving feedback. And another part of, of that in the academic community is your role. There are positions of power, whether you're a teacher or an administrator. So you have to be very careful about your role and understand that. And also the tone and attitude of giving and receiving feedback. If, if you approach it as a respectful, thoughtful, um, also invite the person you'd like to give feedback to, and that helps with giving and receiving feedback. So receiving feedback is, is very similar. Timing, again, is everything. The format, how are you receiving feedback? And what can you expect? The other part of uh, giving, receiving, giving and receiving feedback is being appreciative. 
thanking people for the opportunity to give feedback or embracing the opportunity to give feedback. There are many other components to it. It it is a little more complex than most people think, um, and unfortunately, a lot of us have been the re- the receivers of poorly given feedback, or we have actually given uh, damaging feedback ourselves. So it really is a skill that needs to be developed. And when the entire uh, academic community or an institutional community is proficient in giving and receiving feedback, that is what we're talking about, getting to the feedback literacy. So thank you for that important question. Thank you for explaining this very broad topic so succinctly. And when you mentioned this, I did remember when I asked you to provide me feedback on something that I was working on, the first thing you sent me back in email was, thank you for letting me review this material for you. That created this welcoming and respectful environment for me to receive feedback. Finally, to wrap this up, if I want to develop and understand these feedback processes, where do I begin? Are there available resources that you could direct our listeners to? Oh, yes, there are, there are lots. And I think the, the key thing is if people are interested, that demonstrates a curiosity, which will take you a long way uh, in feedback literacy. So the, the simplest uh, document that I have, and I was co-author of it, and that is called Making Sense of Student Feedback. It is posted on the Taylor Institute for Teaching and Learning website, and we can certainly get you uh, that uh, URL for that resource. And a fun way to to look for resources is do an internet search as well. The one thing I do caution is most of the information that will be popping up is giving feedback to students. So uh, you will find information about formative feedback for teaching development, but you might have to dig a bit more. But the resource I have just mentioned, the guide does have a list of references as well. The other other component to this, and it uh, came, this information came from a, a colleague of mine, and she talks about practicing. She's in the creative and performing arts field, and it makes perfect sense. To give and receive feedback, you need to practice. You need to start somewhere. You need to have some basic information, and then just uh, keep using it. A lot of people, a lot of instructors do formative feedback all the time, and they're not even aware that they're practicing formative feedback. They're just always curious what's going on in my classroom. And it really is that simple. What is going on in your classroom? What do you need to know? It doesn't have to be complicated to start, but start somewhere. And it really is the right thing to do in your teaching development career. So thank you very much for for listening and thank you for those great, great questions. Wow, what a way to inaugurate my podcast. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for joining me today and sharing your wisdom. 
Thank you. It's been uh, my pleasure. And it's a topic I enjoy talking about as much as I can. Well, there you have it. With another expert and yet another excerpt, I'll meet you again next time. <laughs>